Hi, this is Lucille Greer. I'm a Schwartzman Fellow at the Wilson Center who studies China's foreign policy in the Middle East. Hi, I'm Esfandir Batmigelic. I'm the founder of Bursan Bazaar, a think tank focused on Iran's economy. And uh, Lucille and I recently published a paper with the Wilson Center looking at China's relations with Iran and several other Middle, Easters, Middle Eastern states. Uh, so thanks for all the hard work, Lucille, in putting that together. It was a, a big project. For sure. No, and thank you for coming on. Uh, I think your economic know-how plus uh, my work on China and the Arab world and security, I think really put together a really unique product. So I think one of the reasons we decided to write this is because there is sort of a misunderstanding about the relationship that China has with Iran. You know, it gets talked about as very overhyped building of this new axis to sort of confront the United States. And sort of what I'm wondering is why do you think that we consistently have this problem uh, of information and accuracy when it comes to talking about the relationship China has with Iran? Well, two things come to mind, and I think that they were the two ways that we tried to make this paper uh, address this problem directly. And one was that the relationship between China and Iran has usually been viewed in isolation. So, you know, it's very easy to get a kind of exaggerated picture because you're not putting that relationship in context to understand what China's relationship looks like with other countries like Saudi Arabia, Iraq, the UAE. And it turns out that when you look at them in the round, you'll realize that the relationship with Iran is not necessarily this exceptional relationship. And the other thing that I think we did and was perhaps one of the kind of more novel contributions of the paper was we looked at numbers. And I think it was really important to look at economic data and also the data on the sort of military collaborations that you brought to the paper. And what you find with numbers is that they really kind of make things sober and identifiable over time. So we could look at trends and understand where things were going. And as it turned out, uh, Iran's relationship with China has not been rosy uh, for the past few years. And in fact, you know, as one of the conclusions of the paper made clear, um, you know, Iran has in some ways been left behind when it comes to its relationship with China. So that's what I thought was, you know, important for us to kind of focus on. But I know that uh, from your side, one of the important things has been talking to, um, you know, experts in different areas who focus on different aspects of these problems to get better insights. So I don't know if that's something that you think uh, is also important here. No, for sure. I mean, any chance you get to talk to practitioners in the field, people who are specializing in you know, sectors that you might not completely understand. I just finished um, a big chunk on uh, oil and gas cooperation between Iran and China for my own research project. And uh, just the amount of industry know-how you get when you talk to people who understand these is just that important key contextual knowledge that you need to get this kind of research done. I mean, I just think we have, uh, there's a, I think a chronic lack of curiosity when it comes to trying to understand these relationships between these countries that, you know, often get painted with a very broad brush as sort of shaking their spears at the U.S. Uh, when, you know, you've got to recognize that there are a lot of very normal interests at play here, making money, making sure people don't attack you. Those are totally. all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think what's interesting is also that when 
you realize that it's about raising the baseline. So, you know, one of the hopes with research like this, and it's a, it's a high hope, but is that, you know, when we establish what the baseline is for something like, you know, a China-Iran relationship or a China, China's relationship with any other Middle Eastern country, it means that the different kind of interlocutors you have or the different stakeholders working on policy issues or economic issues should hopefully be able to look at the um, forthcoming events with a little bit perhaps like better context uh, for how they should interpret those events. Um, and, you know, it takes time. And I think a lot of this is about kind of myth busting, because what's frustrating is that sometimes the myths about uh, foreign policy or um, sort of national security issues are very persistent. And it can be hard to kind of put forward the evidence that says, you know what, that's maybe not the right way of looking at it. And so we should be mindful of not like over interpreting um, things that might happen in the future. Mm. I think that the best thing anyone can do, particularly when they're looking at China in the Middle East, but this applies to foreign policy analysis in general, is to understand the larger regional and whatever industry context that comes into play here. Because you'll often find that, you know, once you look at sort of the the baseline drivers of these things, it takes away the, the hype. You know, it's quite fun to talk about blood and treasure and new wars against the U.S. as an analyst, right? But we have we have a responsibility to keep a cool level head here. And I think that that's what um, this report on China and Iran does. That can be a bit hard to do in Washington, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, best to try and do that going forward, for sure.